Ramble. In the summer, I get DoorDash almost every single day because it's just so convenient. I don't really need to spend hours of my day grocery shopping and then cooking in 100-degree humid weather. I want to be outside and I want to read a book by the pool. But I also don't want to break the bank and takeout can add up real quick. That's why every summer I sign up for the Dash Pass. Starting now until July 24th, you can get insane deals on DoorDash if you have the Dash Pass. The Dash Pass gives you access to exclusive items and discounts at your favorite restaurants, grocery stores, and even retail shops. I use the Dash Pass almost every day to order from my favorite smoothie place. There's nothing better than a cold, refreshing drink by the pool on a summer day. With the Dash Pass, you can get access to member-only deals on hot wings to ice cream and everything in between now through July 24th. Get the best deal and exclusive items from your favorite brands like Taco Bell, Popeyes, and Ulta Beauty. Sign up for Dash Pass now if you aren't already a member and enjoy a summer full of savings. Dash Pass benefits apply only to eligible orders. Terms apply. Welcome to today's Baking a Mystery. Today's Baking a Mystery is going to be a wild one because it's called, the movie is titled Hippopotamus. This movie called Hippopotamus came out in 2018 and it was just now released, I believe, on YouTube and I don't know how long it's been on Amazon Prime Video, but I purchased it via YouTube. You still got to pay for it, I think, both places, but um, I don't know why. I'm just like supporting the YouTube's community. Just kidding. Google's a big company. They don't need my forking money. Anyways, I purchased it on YouTube and let me tell you, it was a trip. Okay, so the movie's like an hour and like 30 minutes long, let's say, right? The last five minutes, mind-blowing. I can't stop thinking about it. The first one hour and 25 minutes, boring, beyond boring, right? So I'm going to speed that part up for you so that you don't have to sit through an hour and 25 minutes of just boringness. I sat through it for you. But afterwards, there's just so many questions that I have and all of it go unanswered. And even the question of why is the movie titled Hippopotamus? I saw one Amazon review that gave this movie almost no stars because they said I'm an hour in and I have yet to see one f***ing hippopotamus so no no stars for you so um welcome to today's story so hippopotamus is about a woman who is held captive and her kidnapper tells her that I have kidnapped you and you are here because I need you to fall in love with me so I thought going into it it was gonna be like the very stereotypical Stockholm syndrome 50 shades of gray but with a little bit of kidnapping you know like maybe some 365 days well she was kidnapped in that one huh (laughs) maybe like a little 365 days but not much less money like i thought that that was kind of the vibe it was going for so i mean i watched it because it's kind of up my alley sometimes i like trashy movies but it got so good at the last five minutes the last five minutes make you question the whole movie that you just watched and almost tempts you to re-watch the movie by the way the accents are weird in this one. I mean, I don't know if they're British. I feel like they're trying to be British, but I don't know if they're British. That's all I gotta say. So it starts with a girl by the name of Ruby who wakes up in just like this white padded room. Um, It's not necessarily padded, it's got tiles on it. There's a couple of doors here and there. This was, I believe, an indie film, so it was a low budget movie. It's not gonna be like your highest graphics. It's all, almost all of it is shot in this one room. So they did really well in terms of like keeping you somewhat entertained. Ruby wakes up in this room. She's wearing what looks like a tennis outfit. we find out that the headband that she was wearing is not a headband but it's actually a gauze because she has a um, head injury. She also has her knees wrapped and it felt very Kellyanne Bates if you guys listen to that Rotten Mango podcast. Um, her boyfriend had, this is a real story, a bo- her boyfriend held her captive, broke her kneecaps so that she couldn't run away and so she woke up with her knees bandaged and she couldn't get up so I'm like oh my god Kellyanne Bates. But her name is Ruby, she wakes up, she's confused. Now she looks around the room, it's got four walls 
very simple, just a square room. There's a toilet and a sink on one side. Above the toilet, there is a hand-drawn picture of a brain. And then above the sink, there's a hand-drawn picture of um, a chair that's like tipping over. So really not a lot of artwork, not a lot of color. There's like a tiny little window at the very top up there. And that is about it. And that's when she hears a voice and it says, my name is Thomas Allcroft. I have kidnapped you and you will stay in captivity until you fall in love with me. Your name is Ruby Watts. You were 25 years old. And he tells her a little bit about her. Um, you were studying law at university. Your mom is a professor. Your dad is an architect. You are still scared of the dark and you are an only child. If you ever want to move again, walk again, or even stand up on your own, I suggest that you do not move because I have severed your ligaments. Now, I don't really necessarily know what that means, but I think that he's implying that he sliced the back of her knees so that um, they need to heal before she tries to walk again. And it's probably done so that she can't run away, physically speaking. She starts looking around. He says, don't fidget, don't touch anything. She sees a purse in the corner. And at this point, Thomas is in the room with her and he's explaining all of this to her. So at first it kind of sounded like a voice was playing in the room, but then we as the audience see that he is physically in the room with her. So then she, she sees a chair in the corner with a bag on it, like a purse, like a woman's purse. And he says, those are your belongings because those are personal belongings. I have not gone through your purse, but those are here. I mean, what? Like a kidnapper who respects your personal privacy? Yes, Donna, like what? And then he continues to tell her that he will bring her three meals a day. He will bring two pills with the first couple of meals and those are pain pills, pain medications for her legs and her head injury. Now the next pill is a contraceptive pill. And so obviously she's like wearing this tank top. She's wearing like short shorts. So she's like trying to bring down her shorts and it's all a very uncomfortable situation. He says that the lights turn on at 7 a.m. every single morning and they go out at 11 p.m. every single night. Do not try to escape because we are isolated. We're about 10 miles away from the closest neighbor and you can't walk. And the only question she had was, did you rape me? And he said, no. Then he leaves the room. And so at this point, I mean, we see like a bit of a time lapse. Now, what's very interesting is that when I was watching this movie for the first time, I was like, okay, it's probably like a little bit strange that they did this. Maybe it was like a budget thing that they just wanted to do like a literally a YouTube time lapse. But I found out that this movie is actually not told linearly. So it's not in chronological order. So that's where it gets more confusing, but we're not gonna worry about that right now. So we see him, you know, helping her up. We see him helping her to the toilet, feeding her, bringing her milk, meals, making sure she takes those pills, and then we also see Ruby crawl across the room to her purse and she starts going through it because it seems like she doesn't remember a thing about her life. Now that's what's interesting because if the kidnapper had kidnapped you, why would he tell you a little bit about yourself? Why would he say your name is Ruby, you're 25 years old, your mom is a professor, your dad is an architect? Why would he do all of these things? Probably because you forking got amnesia. And so she's going through her purse, she finds an ID inside the wallet and it does say Ruby Watts. So she also finds like this compact mirror and she's looking at it and she's studying the ID picture and that kind of tells you how bad her amnesia is. She doesn't even remember her own name. So she's looking at the picture and she's like comparing herself to the picture to verify in her own brain that she indeed is Ruby Watts. So she does that. Now, this, all of this moving back and forth causes her a lot of pain and she seems to be like kind of like touching her knees a lot more and he said that you should have told me if you were in this much pain and he brings her more pills and then she wakes up and she goes, where am I? And he's, and he's sitting on the toilet this time, and he looks really upset and bored. My name is Thomas Allcroft. I have kidnapped you. You will remain captive until you fall in love with me. Your name is Ruby. You're 25 years old. Your mom is a professor. Your dad's an architect. 
You're an only child. You're still scared of the dark. So it really makes you wonder, how many freaking times did he give this speech? Like he's no longer, there's no longer like the novelty of it. He's not like, oh my God, I just cannot do it. I can't wait for you to fall in love with me. He's just like, my name is Thomas Allcroft. Like he's just kind of exasperated almost. And she looks confused. It almost feels like her first time. She's like, where am I? What, what? And she's looking down at her knees and he's like, don't try to move. I've severed your ligaments. You can't walk. So at this point, we see another time lapse of him trying to help wash her with like a bucket and a mop, a bucket and a sponge he brings into the room, washes her, helps her to the toilet. He even helps her with like physical therapy. So she'll lay on the ground and he will try to like help stretch her legs a little bit. I mean, that's just a very odd feeling, right? And then eventually she makes her way to the purse again for the first time in her own mind. And she looks at the compact. She's staring at her ID. She finds the same tennis ball inside her purse. But this time, instead of just like letting it drop away, she takes it with her and at night, she starts bouncing it on the floor, hitting the wall, and then she catches it again, and then back and back and back. Now, I don't really know if this held a lot of significance, but I just like hate when hostages make that much noise at night, so it was very weird. And so she was just bouncing it back and forth, bouncing it back and forth, and then she starts kind of like itching under the little bandage on her head, right? And that's when I think she feels that there's not necessarily a scar there or a scab because if you had a bandage on your head, you'd probably had been bleeding sometime recently. That's why the bandage is there, but she doesn't feel anything. So the next day, she crawls all the way back to the purse where she gets out her compact mirror and she breaks it inside of her purse. And what she doesn't know is that there's a crack in the wall and Thomas Allcroft is staring at her doing this. So she breaks a piece of the compact mirror and she uses the broken piece to reflect off of the mirror in her hand. And she realizes that there is no scar on her head. Why does she have this bandage on her head? And we too, as an audience are like, what the fork why is this a tennis accessory and she keeps that broken shard of glass in her knee bandages she slips it into her knees and then she crawls all the way back to her little resting place now he brings in some more pills almost immediately after and he says you need to take these they're pain pills and so it kind of feels like, is he trying to reset the whole thing again? Cause she's onto him. So then he resets it. And this time we get to see the behind the scenes of resetting her entire memory. That yeah. was resetting pills? Yeah, so she falls asleep. He turns on the lights inside of the bathroom to be like the red LED lights that TikTokers love. And so now it's red in there and he's playing a pre-recorded tape of his voice saying, your legs are broken, you cannot walk. Even the idea of standing up fills you with excruciating pain. There is no hope to escape. Your legs are broken. You can't walk. Even the idea of standing up fills you with excruciating pain. Just like on loop. Like what in the MK Ultra is this? Yeah, like really weird, right? And it's a red light. He cleans up, makes it look completely normal again, and he starts the next morning. He falls asleep on the chair, an alarm goes off, and he starts the whole speech again. My name is Thomas Allcroft, and I have kidnapped you. You will remain captive until you fall in love with me. And now we start to think, okay, like this is kind of getting interesting because like, it, are her legs even broken? Is something actually happening with her legs? Wh who is this guy? Why is he doing this? Is this all some sort of weird brainwashing experiment? Is this sci-fi? Is this the fucking Hunger Games? Like you start asking yourself all of these questions. And so obviously the injured leg dilemma is really confusing because there are times that we see almost immediately after this where he's helping Ruby to the toilet and she actually genuinely seems like she's in pain. Like she's screaming. She's like, oh, like I 
I can't do this, like just put me down. And so he'd put her down, they'd rest, and then he'd have to do it again. And so it, I don't know if it's just really extensive brainwashing or if they were injured at one point, I have no idea. Now Ruby gets smart. So when Thomas is out of the room, cause it seems like at this point, he's really only coming into the room to help her with something, to bring her food, not necessarily trying to spend time with her, which is odd because he wants her to fall in love with him. And so she decides to kind of like try to break, unscrew the pipage in the sink so that it starts leaking. So the next time Thomas comes in, there's a little bit of a leak and he has to clean it up. So that means she has a little bit of time to try to talk to him. And so she keeps asking like, can I ask you a question? And he's like, what? So he's mopping up the floor. What happens if I don't fall in love with you? Do I just stay here for the rest of my life? Like, am I just gonna be held kidnapped for the rest of my life if I don't fall in love with you? You know, it's really not that romantic, cutting someone's legs open. That's not necessarily what girls say when they say that they want a guy who sweeps them off their feet. And so he stops mopping and he looks at her and he's like, what do you want? Um, what? Well, you seem like you're doing fine. You're making jokes, you're laughing. So are you bored? Do you want me to bring you anything? And she's like, well, yeah, the list of demands. I would really like a mattress, a blanket, a pillow, a book. I don't know, something to keep me company. I've been sleeping on the hard ground. And he's like, oh my God, I hate when hostages do this. I'm kidding, that's me. Um, he was like, okay. And so then he leaves and the next scene is her literally with a mattress on the ground with a red blanket on top, a pillow, and he brings her this book. Now this book is like a children's book. So she starts flipping through the pages and all of a sudden we see a lot of emotion in Ruby for the first time. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, I remember this. And we as a viewer, we actually see her like holding the book on top of her legs that are bandaged. And then we see like this quick flashback of her as a kid sitting in grass and you see like kids legs instead with the book. So it kind of insinuates that yes, she did read this book when she was a kid. And so she's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And she starts crying and he's like, what's wrong? She says, well, I mean, it's crazy because ever since I got here, this is like the first thing that I actually remember. And so Thomas explains to her, it's because the book is a trigger. Um, what a trigger means that when you have amnesia, when you lose your memory, a trigger is something that is so strong that it's gonna take you back to that place no matter how much you either try to forget the memory, don't remember the memory, it just can invoke a very strong emotion in you. And so she's like, that's insane. What, what else is a trigger? And he says, well, things like food, smells, sounds, those can all be triggers. Um, side note, that's why they said every time you have a nice experience or like go on a vacation, make a song that song of the vacation. Like let's say you're going to freaking, I don't know, Miami. Play the same song while you're in Miami that you really, really like or smell something. So the next time you listen to that song, you think back, oh my God, Miami, like that was such a fun trip. Anyways, so it was like a smell, like all of these things, they can bring back memories. And so she's like, do you, do you think that I can remember stuff one day? And he says, I can help you if you're patient. And so at this point, you know, the time passes. Now the next frame is her sitting and reading the book and he asks, hey, do you want like a hot drink with your meal today? And she's like, well, yeah, it's my first time. Like you usually only give me water. And he's like, anything you want, any warm drink, I can get it for you. And she said, I don't, um, a rose tea? He says, on the way. And he brings her a rose tea and she immediately smells it and she's back in her childhood. And so he explains to her, that's your favorite. Back then, that was the only thing you would ever drink. H how do you know all of this? I've done my research. And then he walks away.
So then the next day that Ruby is reading the book again, the last page, she's finally read through all of it, the last page kind of wiggles off, right? So she pulls it off and there's a page underneath it that has now been exposed. This wasn't there before, right? It's not part of the book. Like it's like she somehow MacGyvered it in there. So she pulls off that page and it looks like just block writing written in with like a pencil, almost like a code, like a cipher. It doesn't really look like words. It doesn't even look like variations of letters. And she's just staring at this and it's handwritten. So finally she decides to pull out that little mirror from her leg and she kind of reflects it against and in the reflection she can now read the writing and it says don't trust him. So they have dinner together. So he brings in this table, he brings in these two chairs. It's very like date night-esque, but like kidnapper style, right? And he brings in some pasta. He's like, it's gonna be a date night. And they start eating pasta together. And she's just kind of acting very strange. Like up until this point, it seemed like she was almost growing fond of him with the whole tea situation, the book situation. He was like, I'll help you get your memory back. And everything kind of pointed to her somewhat liking him, somewhat falling into the Stockholm Syndrome trap. And then at dinner, she, she seemed really hesitant because of the don't trust him. And so she asked him, how many others were there before me? How many other girls were there before me? And he says, what are you talking about? I'm not special, am I? Like you've probably done this like a dozen times. What do you do? You just kidnap people. You're just walking on the street. You see a girl that you think is cute. So you kidnap them. You hold them captive until they fall in love with you. That's not the way this works, Thomas. People don't fall in love with you because you kidnap them. But you already knew that. They don't fall in love with you. So you just kill them. And you use all of that as an excuse in your head to make you feel like this is okay. That you gave them the chance to fall in love with you, but in reality, you know no one will ever fall in love with you in a situation like this. So you kill them. Do you bury them somewhere? How many other girls have you done this to? And he slams his hand on the table and he breaks a glass and he starts bleeding and he says, I don't know where you have this ridiculous idea from, but you're the only one, Ruby. And now all of a sudden her attitude changes and she kind of reaches for his hand that's injured and she caresses it and she's all like, I just wanted this to be special, sorry. So like, now it's getting weird, okay? Now, now I'm like, girl, this is not your boyfriend, okay? You don't get to have that, how many exes do you have conversation right now? Because uh, this is your kidnapper. At this point, she is very suspicious of him. He leaves after dinner and she goes back and she's laying on the mattress. When she starts thinking, right? She's thinking about that book, Don't Trust Him. And she looks down at her knees and she takes off the bandages and realize her knees look completely fine. There's no injury, there's no scab, there's not even stitches, there's literally nothing. There's no indication that there was bruising or any trauma that happened to her knee. So she tries to get up. And after struggling a little bit, she manages to get up. So now this is very confusing. We don't know if she manages to get up and or why it was hard because either A, she genuinely was injured at one point but is not now anymore. But I mean, you know, because she was slightly injured, now it's painful. Or is the fact that how long has she been in here and brainwashed to think that her legs don't work? And if you don't use your legs, it's very difficult to use your legs after like months of not using them, right? So it kind of brings to the question of which one is it? So she goes all the way to the door and she tries to unlock it. Now, Ruby, don't be dumb. The the door is locked, okay? So she's unable to make it out. She goes back to her bed and she's sitting down thinking about her next step when she realizes, oh my God, 
There are no other girls. For some reason, she has a flashback memory all of a sudden to matches inside one of the bricks. There was a loose brick and there's a bunch of matches in there. So she moves the mattress, undoes a brick, and there's a bunch of matches in there. She had written with the matches on that book. Okay, so now I think where Ruby is at is that I think that she realizes she's been through this before. She's the one that wrote the letter. But why? Like, what's going on, right? Like, imagine you've been held captive and you realize that your memory has been, like, swiped every single time and you still keep waking up captive. Mm -hmm. So the next day at dinner, he's all like, hey, listen, let's just forget about the last dinner because that one was wild. I don't know what came over us, right? And she says, oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, Do you think we can light a candle to change the mood or the ambiance? And he brings out a candle and he opens his matchbook and turns it on and puts the match down on the table. So then afterwards, we get like this very intense time lapse of a very difference in day and night. So during the day with Thomas, she acts like she's in love with him. She asks him for more books. She's got like a stack of books now, which usually means that there's trust in your kidnapper. Side note, if you ever get kidnapped, make your kidnapper do things for you. Um, usually that means they'll grow very fond of you once they find themselves doing things for you, like buying you books and stuff. They somehow slowly get emotionally attached. That's what psychologists said. So like if you ask for a book and they give it to you then that's a good sign that you know they're gonna keep giving you giving you a little bit more leeway until you can eventually manipulate them and somehow try to escape so um he he keeps bringing her books he keeps bringing her things to like draw on and during the nighttime she's doing like full-on p90x she's like running around looking for exits she's doing push-ups you know because she's trying to escape but then during the day she's like thomas stop you're so intelligent and then her head bandage is off so i guess maybe like he was like your head has healed and he takes the bandage off and then finally there's another dinner and he prepped this dinner really well so there was a lot of like candles there was a lot of like fancy food there was salmon there was rice and all this time she just really had like boxed pasta so she asks him oh like why did you put in all the effort And suddenly, she has a flashback after she takes a bite. And it's of her in a restaurant eating this same exact meal, talking about how delicious it is, and talking about how much she's enjoying her time together. And she looks across the restaurant table, and Thomas is sitting there. And not only was he sitting there, not only was this not a first date, but it was their anniversary meal. He even got her a necklace for her anniversary that he put on her at the restaurant and she was wearing it while she was being held captive too. So all of this is really confusing. And the worst part of it all is that they're actually really cute. Like at the restaurant, they have like a very fun sense of humor and they know how to joke around with each other. And it's just, they're kind of hashtag relationship goals. Fast forward, I don't know how long, now she's kidnapped by him. So she realizes this and now she's confused and she tells Thomas, wait, I think I had another trigger because were we dating? And they just finish their meal and it cuts to her sitting in the little like room by herself staring at the walls. So at this point, I mean, he kind of tells her a lot. So during the rest of the next couple of days, he tells her about how they met. They were actually childhood neighbors. So she had moved into the next door neighbor's house when he was a kid and she loved biking. So she would bike every day and he would look out his window and whenever she would bike, he would get onto his bike and pretend like it was a coincidence and they would start biking together. She would drink rose tea every single weekend. 
Like that was her go-to drink when she was a kid. She would read that book and she he hated that book. He thought that book was so boring, but she always forced him to read the book with him or with her and he hated it. And then eventually after childhood, they went to prom together. They started dating in high school and um, they went to separate universities, but they still maintained their relationship. And that's when he stops talking about it like that's all we know up until this point so then they start doing things like drawing together they start really like doing the most they start listening to music and dancing together and then she has another flashback to that song that they're dancing to which is of them at prom and he tells her that she loves him and she seems really happy so one night he walks into the room and he starts teaching her how to control the lights. So they've got like LED bulbs, I guess, because they're TikTokers. And he's like, so these lights control this one. You can even control the music. So if you want to listen to some music, if you're bored, here's the remote. So he gives her all of that and she turns the room red right because you know she tried to do it and so she plays some sexy music and she starts giving him a lap dance yeah just like full-on lap dance so it i mean all up until this point it seems like she genuinely is trying to fall in love with him because i mean it makes sense like they were dating prior she had the flashback of them at their anniversary meal like this is no longer a stranger who kidnapped her it feels like this is her boyfriend and how did how did this happen so she starts giving him a lap dance and as they're about to kiss she starts crying and she asks him, how, how am I like this? Like, what happened to me? And he tells her the story. And he says that they went to separate universities, but he had told her prior to this that he really wanted to maintain the relationship and that he couldn't imagine spending his life with anyone else. And she was like, I agree. And so they went to different universities. Now, one day he was scheduled to go visit her at her university, right? And he had missed the train because he was late. So he missed it. There wasn't another one for another 50 minutes. So he called his friend to ask him for a, a ride to the university, right? The college that she went to. Now, at the same time, she was going to meet him at a local restaurant with a guy by the name of Nick. And I think that this Nick was like her roommate or like lived in her dorm building at one point. So they walked all the way back. He dropped her off in her room and she was like, I think I just got stood up by my own boyfriend, you know? And Nick pushed her into the room and then proceeded to assault her sexually assault her. During this, she did try to fight back, and we see the scene where Nick aggressively punched her in the face, like nonstop. So this was not like just a very brutal assault sexually, but it was like very intense physical assault. And so he starts, you know, progressing with the assault, and that's when Thomas gets dropped off by his friends, goes up to Ruby's room and sees that someone is actively assaulting her and she has passed out. And so he starts going in on Nick and eventually murders him in just cold-blooded rage. And he's trying to get Ruby to wake up. He gets Ruby into his friend's car and they drive back to his friend's house. And when Ruby finally wakes up, she doesn't remember anything. Now, this takes place in the UK where there's a lot more um, intense murder charges there, apparently. So they said that if Ruby didn't remember what happened, then he would not have any sort of defense. There's no defense, right? So he didn't know what to do. So he started freaking out and his friend told him, you got to get out of here. You just got to get out of here. So his friend drove him to what they knew to be a very small island off of the coast, which had this abandoned farm on it. And they knew about it because a lot of people said it used to be haunted. So they came to that farm and he just started living on the farm with Ruby. She still to that day would never know, like remember anything. Anytime that she would get something 
some of her memory back because he would try. He did everything he could. He went back to the mainland. So he would get this little boat. He would go back to the mainland and he would get all of these books on amnesia because that's what he believed that she had. And he would get all these books. He would try to get all these things that would make her remember like triggers. That's how he learned about the triggers. They said that if something is a good scent or a good taste that they remember so intensely, emotionally speaking, that might be able to trigger memories, right? And so he needed her to remember him, but needed her to also remember that night so that they could go back home and tell everyone what happened. But every single time she even got this close to remembering things, if she slept a little too long, she would forget everything. And so he had to learn how to control her sleep patterns. That's why he installed these lights in here so that anytime he had changed it to like a bright white color, she would immediately wake up. So that's why the music, like the stereo, he would have to play certain sounds and certain noises. And he just had to do everything to make sure that she didn't escape. And some of it included pretending like her legs were broken. He would never do anything to hurt her, but she always tried to run away. And he couldn't have that because he really loves her and he just needs her to remember. He even showed the picture of her and him at prom together to her, and he was like, I just needed you to remember us because I know you love me and I love you. And what's crazy is that he even told all of this to her before. So we see a flashback scene where they're reading all of these memory books together in the bunker, and she's saying, so you're telling me somewhere in my hippopotamus like something is broken. And he's saying, Ruby, called a hippocampus. Yeah, whatever. So you're saying my hippopotamus is broken and that's why I keep forgetting things. So the hippocampus is a part of a brain, your part of your brain that helps create memories. It also impacts learning and all of these things in keeping memories, forming memories, all of that. And maybe there's something wrong with her hippocampus, but she keeps calling it a hippopotamus. This is kind of pertinent later. And so every time that they would do this, she would wake up or she would sleep too long or for whatever reason, she would just get amnesia again and forget all of the progress. So he decided that he needed to do a master plan where he would just be the villain because every time she would wake up, she would scream, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, I don't know who you are, please don't hurt me. And she would try to run away. So he needed to create an environment where because her brain automatically thought he was the villain, he would play the villain, but control the environment long enough to introduce, slowly introduce triggers so that she could get her memory back in a slower paced way. Instead of her frantically being like, what do you mean I lost my memory? What do you mean you're my boyfriend? I don't remember you. And he he says, and I finally fixed you. And she's crying. And she's like, finally. Because it seems like she remembers all of this now. And so the next scene, they're kind of like just professing their love together. They're in the mattress together. They're like doing it. The sun is shining. They're laying under the covers together. They're cuddling. And then all of a sudden, his alarm goes off. Do you remember that alarm that he set so that he would wake up in the room and then he would say, my name is Thomas Allcroft and I've kidnapped you. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that sent a trigger in Ruby, but immediately when the alarm went off, she looked at Thomas that she just literally had sex with and just cuddled with, grabbed the shard in her leg and just started stabbing him everywhere. Because every time that alarm goes off, he tells her, I'm, I kidnapped you. Yeah. Is that why? I, I don't know. We'll see. It gets crazier. I think so. And then here's the even crazier part. She crawls away after stabbing him and crawls up the stairs. But her legs work. 
So did her brain reset? We don't know. These are all details we're gonna talk about. She crawls all the way up the stairs. She gets out of the building and she notices, yeah, they're on an island, right? There's a small boat. She crawls to the boat and she has to push the boat off of the land so that it can actually float away, you know? And she's pushing and pushing. And this is where something really odd happens. Her final push, she manages to push the boat onto the water, but she just like collapses onto the land and does not end up in the boat. Now, she wakes up in a hospital. The doctor tells her that she just woke up from surgery. Her name is Ruby, and she is gonna make a full recovery, shockingly, a little bit crazy under these strange circumstances, but you will make a full recovery. And um, yeah, I hope you're okay. I'm glad to see that you're awake. I'll just go let your boyfriend know outside that you're awake. And he leaves the room, and he closes the door, and there's a camera right in front of the door. And it's Thomas as the doctor. And they're still in that room. And he's got a bandage on his neck. And he pulls down his mask and he smirks at the camera. And that's the end. Well, she's not in that. No. It was like he made oh, it look like a hospital room. That's it, that's the story. And I'm like, what the fork just happened? The last five minutes of the movie made me rethink the whole movie, right? So the first question is, is Thomas lying or is he not lying? Uh-huh. Is he actually her boyfriend who is now trying to fix a girl with amnesia because he loves her, but also he doesn't want to get, you know, go to jail for murder? Is that what's actually happening? So up until the last five minutes, you kind of believe his story, especially because even Ruby is seeing these flashbacks, right? You kind of believe that this actually happened. But then the last shot of him glaring into the camera is just so unsettling. There's just no way that if you had a girlfriend who almost killed you because she has amnesia and you brought her back, Back, and now you're trying to get her to remember again. Why would you smirk? Mm-hmm. That's not smart. Like that's not a normal reaction. Also, another thing that I have to point out is the fact that the alarm goes off after they have sex and she just immediately starts stabbing him. And then she crawls up the stairs. So that indicates that she probably forgot that her legs work, mm-hmm. which means does she what is what is happening right now, right? So a lot of people think that there's a lot of different theories to this. It's crazy. And then you have to think about the name. So hippocampus and hippopotamus. She keeps getting those two confused. Hippopotamus and hippocampus. And so what a lot of Redditors think is that the difference is the whole theme of the movie is perception and truth. And Ruby cannot understand which one's which right now, the whole time. She doesn't know which one is just her perception of, oh, this dude's creepy, or is that the truth, or like what's going on? So she has no idea. So people either think A, she stabbed him when the alarm went off because all of a sudden her hippocampus for whatever reason told her this man is dangerous. Even though she doesn't necessarily remember anything, what if her brain still knew this guy is fear? Like you need to fear this guy. Like kind of like the concept of maybe someone had punched you over and over again, you don't remember anything, but the next time you see their face, you don't know what it is, but your brain is just like kind of on edge. Yeah, it's like when you, when yeah. you get burned by fire yeah. when you're young, and then now you're just scared. Yeah, so you know? maybe that's what her brain did. Even though she believed everything he said to be true, like in that moment, the alarm went off and her brain was like, oh, no, this guy is bad news. And yeah. so she was like, okay, I just need to go with my gut. And she stabbed him. Yeah. Or did it reset her memory and she doesn't remember Thomas being her boyfriend at all anymore again? So that's kind of like the big debate. 
So the theory number one of him being evil is kind of like the theory that I understand more because there would be a lot of setup explained how he was able to get so many supplies to the island because if you just kidnap someone or if you just run away with someone, there's not necessarily like a go-to plan. This just seems too well orchestrated. So a lot of Redditors think that he probably stalked her since she was young that they were childhood neighbors, they never really dated, they don't know how to explain the prom picture or maybe they like were at the same prom because they went to the same school and they took a picture together but were not necessarily each other's dates. So they think that he was obsessed with her since childhood and then eventually she goes to college. He's still stalking her but she has no idea. She has no idea wh who this Thomas kid even is. She completely forgot about him. That was just like a neighbor when she was a kid and then she see he sees her having sex with the dude but by the name of Nick. Now maybe it was consensual, maybe it wasn't, but either way, during that stalking, he saw this happen and he was so filled with rage because usually stalkers are, and he went in there and he murdered Nick and took Ruby. And the reason that this theory would make sense is because he, there was that scene that was so heavily done that was with the red light and him playing the tape that says your legs are broken, you know, you can't walk. And so it seems like there's some sort of mind control at play. And you have to remember anytime she almost remembers something, she has this like look in her eye, right? Mm -hmm. And she would always, he would always hit her with, oh, that's your favorite. It was our anniversary. So it seems like he's planting these memories mm -hmm. in her head. And then she was like, yeah, it was my favorite. Mm -hmm. So is this him trying to create new memories inside of her mm -hmm. after he kidnapped her so that he can make her fall in love with him? And maybe the reason that he has to reset her memories every single time, I, th I personally think that he's using drugs and I don't think that it's her sleeping too much that resets her memory. I think it's the fact that, um, you know, he's drugging her up, right? And once she gets drugged, anytime they get too close because he keeps saying, we've done this before, we've done this before. I think every time they get too close and she starts falling in love with him, I think her hippocampus tells her, this guy's scary. Mm. But she doesn't know why. So he, she starts just like pulling back because she's like, I don't know what it is. I know that he loves me, I guess, and that maybe we were dating, but my brain feels weird. Mm. And so he notices that and he's like, ah, gotta do it again. And then he resets her brain. Now, the theories go like this. Did the assault even happen? Because this is all just Thomas's word for it, right? We didn't get any like news clippings or anything that actually proved that someone was murdered or someone was assaulted and then murdered. So theory number one is that no, Thomas made this all up, right? Theory number two is that Thomas walked in on them doing it but they weren't, she wasn't being assaulted. Like it was consensual and he was filled with rage. He murdered him and then kidnapped her and made her think that it was an assault. Number three, yes, she did get assaulted. However, he couldn't report it to the authorities even if he killed the guy because I mean, she doesn't even know who he is. Because you know when you're a kid, you you change a lot when you get to like university. Like you look different. Maybe mm -hmm. she he really wasn't important in her life that she doesn't even remember what he looks like. Mm -hmm. And so that could also explain that immediately in the frame where we see him take her to the island, mm -hmm. she keeps saying, I don't know who you are. Who are you? Please don't hurt me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that kind of works with the theory of like, she doesn't know this guy. Like, it's hard for me to believe that, I mean, okay, with amnesia, yeah, you forget your loved ones, but it just kind of works into the theory that she doesn't know him, like they're not dating. Mm -hmm. 
Now, theory number two is that Thomas is good. Some people like this theory because they think that maybe this movie is not necessarily even about the plot, but it's about the emotions. So what's essentially happening is that there is a girl who is assaulted, she has amnesia, and now she is essentially broken in the boyfriend's eyes. So some people are saying, what if this movie is a deeper meaning on what happens to victims of sexual assault and their relationships if they were in one at the time? So she just does not trust him. He's going over and beyond to try to make it seem like that th that never happened and try to fix her in a way and like just wants to like wash her of her memories. But she's always hesitant of him even though he's explaining like, we've been dating, I love you so much, I would never hurt you, you know? But she's always a little bit cautious of him because now after this experience, maybe all women become cautious of even their significant others. Mm -hmm. So some people are saying, it seems like what if it's like a deep meaning on how relationships are really in turmoil after a sexual assault happens to a victim? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like, almost like the poetic version, not poetic, but you get it. like what kind of happens, but not really. Like he's trying to hold her captive, protect her from the outside, but also yeah. she's like, what the fork? You know Who what, are you? What I feel about this movie? What? I love like the movie to the part that she woke up in the hospital. And yeah. the, oh, before the guy who's smart, he's smart, yeah. right? It makes a lot of sense that he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. He's just a good guy yeah. who wants to yeah. do these tricky uh, these things to help her bring back the memory yeah. and she stabbed him by accident because he keep playing the the, the ringtone keep yeah. going off and then instantly after the alarm goes off he's mm -hmm. always saying I'm your kidnapper mm -hmm. right so her brain subconsciously alarm goes off the kidnapper is next to me my legs are broken I'm gonna kill the kidnapper right now so mm -hmm. I can escape so that's so he got fucked up by his own method of trying, of trying to, to save help. her but I just feel like these uh, directors just want to fuck you up at the end yeah and then they all of a sudden add in a little clip that makes no sense and then everybody's like what was that about yeah. so everybody came up with so many random theories yeah and they haven't really verified anything I feel like the original plot line makes a lot of sense right it's a good story already but just that smirk just makes everything so fucking weird. Now I'm like, okay, this is kind of unrealistic now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know what the fuck was that all about. But people think that's the whole point. Yeah. Because they're saying that the movie, the whole point of the movie is perception versus truth and how a lot of people can't differentiate between them. So we, right now, we can't differentiate which one is just Ruby's perception and which one is just Thomas's perception and which one's the actual truth. Because mm -hmm. she, at one point, is like, no, he's nice. And then at one point, she's like, oh, he's evil. He's kidnapped me. And then at one point, he's like, I've kidnapped you. And then at one point, he's like, I was your boyfriend. And we just don't know which one's the truth. So it's literally the same that I, okay, I think the reason that people like it is because the movie's titled Hippopotamus. If it was titled anything else, then I don't think people would have come to this conclusion. But because the only time in the movie that hippopotamus was ever mentioned, the word or the freaking animal, there was no drawings of a hippopotamus anywhere, was when she kept calling the hippocampus a hippopotamus. I mean, that's something I say wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but are you going to make a feature-length film about it? Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's where people are like, this one's a doozy. This one's weird. So again, I would like to say that the first hour and 25 minutes of the movie, honestly, I was not impressed. I was pretty bored. It was just, I think that the actors did what they could in just in like a room, you know? And I'm sure that they didn't have like an insane budget. But, But that last five minutes... The last five minutes, I was like, oh, like, that makes sense. Like, I mean, that's really not a smart way to go about the fact that your girlfriend has amnesia. But I guess if you don't want to go to jail for murder and you really love her, I mean, I guess if I want to go into, like, the fictional side of my brain and I'm like, okay, okay, like, some Fifty Shades of Grey shit mixed with, like, 365 Day shit, you know? I'm like, okay, I could get into it. And then he smirked. And I was like, oh, no. Oh no, what just happened? The whole time he was so nice, never was inappropriate with her, minus the kidnapping aspect. But then at the end, he was just like, like the most boy smirk too. It wasn't even just like a he. It's just like a really evil, evil smirk. I'm sorry, this one was a weird one. I wasn't even gonna do a bam on it because I was like, what is the plot even here? Like it's just literally mind blown afterwards, but I had to because I don't want people to suffer through an hour and 25 minutes of it just for the last five minutes. So instead, you have now suffered through an hour of this. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed today's video. Let me know in the comments, what are your thoughts? Do you think Thomas is good? That's the question of the day and I'll see you guys tomorrow, bye.